Good day, Stoners, and welcome to another juicy episode of the Turning Stones podcast. It's been a little while, I know it has, and uh, we've missed you. Uh, Sam and I have missed you, and, and speaking of Sam, Sam, welcome. How you going? Terry, yeah, good, uh, very good. Yourself? Can't complain, mate. Um, really good and glad to be stuck back into it again, and let's do it. Uh, yeah. Today's episode, it's going to be a bit of a special one, because it's quite relevant in today's world. And it's been floating around the media for a little while, and it's all about the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. So, yeah, there's been uh, a fair few headlines of this particular vaccine as of late, um, Mm -hmm. good and bad. But uh, we thought, you know what, let's just enlighten the stoners and let them know exactly the ins and outs of this vaccine. Um, And obviously some expert commentary as well. Um, in yeah. regards to, you know, I guess if there's any pros and cons with it um, and if there's any risks and what they those risks are, uh, if any. And basically, let's just go through a few independent uh, analysis of the vaccine. And uh, yeah, then hopefully after this episode does air and you all listen to it or, and or watched it on YouTube, um, that you basically can form a bit of an opinion as to what your thoughts are on it are and hopefully maybe, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's probably just going to be the same as all the other vaccines that are going around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are you getting the vaccine? Well, that's, that's mm. one question you have to that's ask. Question, yep. But uh, the other question you probably uh, are wondering as well is, do I get to pick which vaccine? Because I'm guessing right now with all the media that's gone around, probably a lot of people are going to hesitate to get this AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, uh, I don't want to upset you stoners, but... Unfortunately, you don't actually have a choice. So what we're going to do today for you guys is give you a bit of confidence in this vaccine because we've done a bit of research. We're not biased. We're not paid by Oxford, but it doesn't look as bad as the media are portraying. And as we've always told you, as we've always educated you, don't listen to the bloody media. Sam, your thoughts before we get stuck into it? Um, yeah, spot on, Terry. Uh, that's the key point I think to take out of uh, most, you know, of our podcast. Don't listen to the media, but um, yeah, it's interesting because it's been yeah, like you know, all over the the media, um, and of course, the media is going to report anything that's you know negative news and put that at the top of the uh, agenda. And yeah, um, it's going to be pretty practical to sort of know what uh, you know what these vaccines are about. And like you said, Terry, we're going to have to decide. Uh, if we're going to get it or not, and maybe eventually might even not decide ourselves if we're going to get it or not. It might be compulsory to go overseas and you want to go on a holiday. Well, you've got to get the vaccine. So, yeah, um, very, very interesting topic, and we're going to fill in the listeners with a bit of uh, info. That's it. Let's get started. So what is the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine? Well, it's actually made from a weakened version of the common cold virus known as the adenovirus from chimpanzees. Well, if you mm. believe in evolution, then it's, I guess, basically getting it off our cousins, the chimps. Um, it has been modified to look more like a coronavirus, although it doesn't cause illness. So once it's injected, it teaches the body's immune system how to fight the real virus, mm. should it need to, yeah. which is interesting. Um, and unlike the other popular vaccine going around, which is the Pfizer jab, um, which actually needs to be kept at negative or minus 70 degrees, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine can be stored in a normal fridge. So it's actually much easier to distribute. And uh, I'd say the, uh, I guess the uh, logistics of it would be quite simpler. And and probably why um, you've heard a lot more of people getting the AstraZeneca vaccine. So just a bit of a tidbit, I've actually got a friend who's a doctor that just got injected with the AstraZeneca. Mm. So 
And I've heard a few other people that it's just been AstraZeneca, um, a lot more here in Australia. I'm not too sure what it's like worldwide. Potentially in America, they're more so with the Pfizer. Yeah, um, yeah. And it depends as well if your country actually manufactures this vaccine um, because obviously, you know, it's probably – well, it's actually unrealistic for one particular country to make the vaccines for the world. Mm. Um, maybe if they distribute the recipe, they just can make it in their own country. Um, yeah, it's, it's not like it's like you're cooking up a storm or whatever. When I mention <laughs> recipe, it's just a few uh, ingredients or whatever Secret concoctions they like to spices, use. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> maybe KFC should make uh, some vaccines as well. They're, they're yeah. all good at fighting those secret herbs and spices. Um, let me just quickly go through how it actually works, Sam, because I, I think you were yeah. just about to ask that question. Yeah. So how it works. Yeah. So step one, scientists take genes from the spike protein on the surface of the coronavirus and put them into a harmless virus to make a vaccine. So basically, they're taking the spikes. So yeah. if you just try and think about it, guys, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, I guess, a um, depiction of what a coronavirus looks like, but it mm. basically looks like a ball with spikes on it. Yeah. So what they do is they take... Um, the spike, well, they take genes from this spike protein, just a little bit from it, and they put it into a harmless virus. It's just another harmless virus, and they use that to make the vaccine. Thereafter, the uh, this is then injected into the patient, right? So then, step two, um, the vaccine enters the cells, um, which then start to produce spike protein. So basically, there's a vaccine that they're making, this uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, actually teaches your body to just make this harmless spike protein in your body, right, right? right. Yep. which is a little bit foreign to our body. So our, mm. our body doesn't recognize this spike protein, but it's not coronavirus. It's just a harmless virus that has spike protein. So yep. every vaccine does inject you with something foreign. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Something, you know, I guess I wouldn't say it's it's bliss or pleasant. It's probably more harmful side of things, um, but not enough to obviously cause any harm. Um, so, yeah, it enters our body and it produces – Spike proteins, but it's not coronavirus. It's just another type of harmless spike proteins. Mm -hmm. Then the body's immune system reacts to this thinking, what the hell is this thing? What are these spikes? Jeez. Mm -hmm. um, so then the body produces antibodies and activates T cells to destroy anything that has spike proteins. So anything with spikes, then the body's yeah. like, oh, there you go. I see you. You're a, you're a spike protein. I'm going to get rid of you with my T cells. So yeah. then the T cells and the antibodies start destroying these spike proteins. Yeah, right. So it's educating our bodies. If you ever come across a spike protein, destroy the fuckers. Yeah, right. Then, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, it is. Then the third step is, uh, I guess, if the, if the patient ever catches coronavirus later down the track, um, those antibodies and T cells are triggered to fight the virus because they've been educated. Yeah, Every yeah. time you see a spike protein, kill them. So it's actually quite an ingenious uh, mm. vaccine to educate the body um, that anything sp spiky, um, yeah, let's kill it. But yeah, right. I guess the flip side is Sam, and I'm not, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not too sure. I mean, we we tried getting a scientist on this episode, but uh, they're in a bit of deliberation at the moment, so we don't want any bias on this episode because Turning Stones podcast always calls it down the middle. But uh, I'm just thinking, are there any spike proteins out there that are actually good for us? I'm not mm. sure. Maybe know. it's a question we have to ask later down the track. Maybe it's a question that hasn't been asked that yep. hopefully a scientist can maybe DM us on you know Twitter or Instagram at Turnstones Pod or even in the comments section in YouTube. Um, make sure you subscribe. Um, that, that if there are any positive spike proteins out there, because we don't want to be getting rid of those ones. Yeah, yeah. We don't want something where it's getting well. It could be one of those things where it just gets rid of the good and bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. True. Chemotherapy mm. does <laughs> and all these other um, drugs out there. 
So, so this, uh, so this, this is probably uh, quite similar to the the common flu um, shot. Then Terry, is that is that right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know what, Sam? Just thinking about it, it could be one of those things where later down the track, mm. um, what, what's the timeline on these? Uh, I guess these vaccines. I mean, we're going to cover it a little bit later. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe just throw it back to you and let us yeah. know exactly. Uh, does it work, Sam? Mm. Well, I can let you know that uh, we can we can definitely get you some uh, figures there, Terry. That's for sure. Yeah, yes, please. Um, so, uh, obviously, there were trials. I mean, you're not going to roll out a vaccine without any trials. Um, that's for sure. Um, even you know, no matter how much uh, you know research and development you do into these things, I think people there's still going to be a, a minority or even a large amount of people that think. Oh, uh, you know, they're, they're still doubting whether it's going to be effective or not, um, which are oh, fair enough. You can have your own opinion. So um, we're just going to tell you the facts, though. We're not going to provide any um, 5G conspiracy theories at this stage. Um, but uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll roll out some figures. Um, so, yeah, there were large trials uh, on the Pfizer vaccine, um, which was 95% effective, apparently. So it's Pretty big, uh, pretty big numbers there. Um, while the figure for the Oxford um, vaccine was 62%. So you might think that, you know, there's a big discrepancy there. And, you know, if you had to choose, well, based on that, you'd just be like, all right, well, of course I'm going to Pfizer. Um, exactly. You'd be silly not to. Um, but directly comparing results, uh, it's pretty difficult to do because there's differences in the way the trials were carried out, um, which I guess, you know, could be, to maybe sway people to go towards um, one over the other, I guess you know. At the end of the day, um, they're trying to they're going to try to sell you a product. Um, yeah. it's a it's a vaccine, but they're going to have to try to sell a product. So if they can make theirs um, look better than you know the competition, well, they're going to sell more vaccines, aren't they? So, so um, unfortunately, it wasn't really an even playing field. Yes, um, yeah. which is a bit unfortunate because I mean, if it was an even playing field, then those statistics would might be a lot more. True That's and right. correct. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. So yeah. yeah, not only is there a difference in the effectiveness, but who, which kind of patients were they dealing with? That's um, right. And yeah. those are in the clinical trials, like they could yeah. one could have been just dealing with the elderly, the others yeah. could have been dealing with some young, fit, healthy, um, exactly. I guess, humans. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and yeah. and it could have been on animals too. Like who knows yeah. what they're bloody doing. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, you could have had, you know, someone with pre-existing um, respiratory issues or things like that. You, you don't know. Um, they could have had, you know, pretty low immune system and it didn't work for them. But yeah, anyway, um, pretty interesting note as well, Terry. Uh, no one who received the Oxford vaccine was hospitalized or became seriously ill uh, due to COVID. So that, that's, that's, that's a pretty, really good sign. Yeah, pretty big tick there. Um, and a recent study found a single dose of the Oxford vaccine offered 76% protection uh, for three months. Um, and this went up to 82% after a second dose. So uh, oh, wow. obviously the, uh, the, Oxford, um, the Oxford vaccine, you need a second dose to sort of give you a bit of a booster. Yep. Um, but I mean, hey, I'm, I'm liking that 82% uh, you know, figure. I'd, I'd take that. I mean, you can't guarantee anything in life, I suppose, apart from death and taxes. But uh, yeah, exactly. you know, you'd take 82% uh, on the uh, roulette wheel um, any day of the week. So yeah, pretty good there. De death, taxes, and actually there's a third one now. Um, some good quality ear candy from Turning Stones podcast. Yep. That's probably the third guarantee in life now. <laughs> um, established true. in 2020 and we're going strong um, over a year into it. Yep. Loving it. Um, yeah. And you know what? Maybe we should make a third vaccine, Sam. Maybe yeah. just like a, I don't know, like a shot of scotch or, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think you, know, you, you have a few of those every weekend anyway. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that sort of uh, kicks me into gear and gets the immune system pumping um, yep. or maybe necking a beer. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, good old West End red tinny. Yeah. Scar yeah, one of those, make sure they're ice cold. And yeah. after that, you actually feel kind of good. Mm, um, I mean, if you do too many of those jabs of uh, the red tinnies, then uh, I don't think you'll feel that great the next day. So maybe the effectiveness would be quite low after you've had too many. Yeah. Only just yeah. a couple of jabs of that one and you think you'll be <laughs> nice and dandy. But um, thanks yeah. for that, Sam. So uh, how long will it protect me for if I'm to get this uh, Oxford AstraZeneca? Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting note, and I guess this is where um, it's a bit of a you know it's a bit blurry. Um, it's not yet known how long protection is going to last for any of these vaccines. Not just the um, not just the Oxford or the Pfizer. We're not sure um, how long it's going to last. Uh, a study found that unvaccinated people though um, who have had COVID develop um, protection for at least six months, and vaccines are likely to provide stronger protection than this. So. Um, you know, it's, it's looking like, you know, it could be a decent amount of time, but it could be like, you know, the flu shot. We could have, have to have yeah. it every year. Um, I don't know, maybe they'll develop it to do every second year. I'm not sure how they'll do it. Um, but it's it's looking like at this stage, it's probably going to be an annual thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess, Terry, the, the, probably the most important thing now is to try to convince people that, you know, that they have to get this vaccine. And I guess, you know, there's, like I said, there's always going to be people that don't want to get the vaccine. I, I'm... Personally, I'm not really fussed. Like, I'm not in a hurry to run out and get it because I don't think I'm, I'm, you know, really at, at a high risk level or even yeah. being in Australia, I don't think we're really at high risk at the moment. So I'm happy to wait it out. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, I'll be interested to see how people's, you know, opinions change, change on, on the actual jab itself. And, you know, some people don't even get the flu shot because they think that it's a bit of a, um, a, load, a load of rubbish. But I don't know. Um, I don't know what what to think about that because I've had the flu shot plenty of times and I mean haven't really got the flu. But then again, I've I've you know in previous years not had the flu shot and not got the flu. So it's like yeah, exactly. You know, what, what can you you know? It's basically potato potato. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, even though um, I don't mean much, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, great point, Sam. Um, hundred percent agree with you. Uh, yeah. I'm not really fussed, but to yeah. be honest with you, if it's my turn and they gave me a call and I thought yeah, to myself, well, oh, well, if I'm gonna get it eventually, mm. um stuff buddy rescheduling it for a later date where I have to wait and maybe yeah. I need it at that point really badly to maybe yeah. go overseas or something right. like that. But um, yeah, look, I think I'm developing a lot more trust in the medical system and especially in the Australia's medical system as well. Like we're, we're probably been one of the most conservative countries during this pandemic. Yeah. Um, so not only have we got these viruses, uh, sorry, these vaccines from overseas and, and then obviously started developing our own. But we've looked at the ingredients of all these vaccines and everything that's gone around and all the medication involved to mm. COVID-19. So we've relied upon the testing that's been done from the labs overseas. But then we've also, before we've released it, we've also done our own testing too. So that's mm. what gives me the extra greater confidence in, in what we're doing and what we're administering here. Um, and also now after doing a bit of research for this episode and even going through it, I just think that you know, scientists and doctors, they take, or those that are dealing with patients, they take the Hippocratic Oath. Like, they basically are in the business. Oh, yeah, of course, they're making a bit of money and a bit of coin yeah, out of, of it course. too. But yeah, yeah. they're in the business to uh, obviously, you know, heal humans and mm. do everything that they can possible to improve the uh, long... Is that a nice espresso there? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, mm. Delicious. Um, yeah, they're doing everything possible to... I guess improve or prolong um, the and improve the longevity of humanity yeah, uh, and the health. So uh, I can't see too much corruption going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. And you think about it, yeah. All right, um, Oxford and you know Pfizer will be making a bit of coin out of it, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
it, it's costing the governments a lot of money because you know in Australia I know 100% that it's for free. Um, yep. that, yeah, yeah. these vaccines so it's at least costing the government money so i'm pretty sure if there was a bit of dodgy business going on the government would know about it or, yeah. or would want to know about it and yeah, they yeah. wouldn't want to pay any extra cent to you so yeah i mean it's like a tax return if you do a few dodgies in there and you have to get you get a bit more of a refund <laughs> the government might raise a bit of flags yeah, they yeah. don't want to give you any more than they should and the mm. same thing with us we don't want to yeah. give them any more than they should that's why you got to hire a good tax accountant who's chartered accountant that's it it's voluntary mm. So just quickly, Sam, yes. before we uh, get into the juicy conspiracies of, of it all and, and yeah. obviously what's been going on in the media lately, yep. which vaccine will I get if I choose to get it? Well, yeah, you you actually don't get a choice um, at the moment. Uh, that's that's at the moment, but yeah, you don't have get you don't have a choice. Um, you rock up, I guess, and whatever they've maybe got on the day or whatever they feel like uh, will be more effective on you, they just uh, jab that in your arm, Terry, and oh, you're wow. just uh, on your way. So yeah, interesting if um, they're going to continue with that because maybe people might, I don't know might prefer one over the other but then again if you're not a medical uh, expert and, and not you know specializing in the field i don't think you've really got much um much to say about the uh, the matter because yeah i mean at the end of the day there's probably a hundred different uh, flu vaccines that you get you know every year they're probably all, yeah. all different brands and stuff and you don't even know about it so um i don't think it's too much of an issue um but yeah obviously uh with what's been in the news, I think it's going to really, really want to, um, you know, it's going to change people's sort of opinion on that. And, and they really will want to you know, steer away from a certain vaccine, which we're talking about, talking about today. Um, so, Terry, why don't you uh, tell us why there was a halt on the vaccine? Because we've heard in the media there was a halt um, in this uh, Oxford vaccine. They, they rolled it out and then all of a sudden they said, all right, stop it. Like, what, yeah. Like, Obviously, the media doesn't cover it much. They, well, sorry, they don't cover the specifics much. They, they tell us that it's been halted. But yeah, let's uh, get into that. Yeah, let's do it. So several European countries, and, and those including uh, Norway, Denmark, the Netherlands, Ireland, um, even Germany, they suspended the rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine following concerns about deep vein thrombosis, mm. pulmonary embolism, oh. and blood clotting. So I'm sure that as there been a fair few people out there that are listening to this episode that have heard about this as well. Yeah. Um, so according to AstraZeneca, there have been 15 instances of deep vein thrombosis and 22 events of pulmonary embolism reported among more than 17 million people vaccinated in the European Union and the UK. So this is, we're just basically dealing around the, the Europe continent yeah. and obviously the UK. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, that's uh, 37 cases out of 17 million people, Sam. Yeah. That actually equates to 0.00217%. Or, just to put it a bit more into layman's terms, for every 1 million people that get vaccinated, only two will see some sort of effect of this. According to these statistics, which is very, very low. So, I just thought I'd throw a few other uh, fun facts in there for you. You've actually got a greater chance of a dog attack in life being a 1 in 86,781 chance of being right. attacked by a dog. And that's according to the U.S. 2019 study by the U.S. Census Bureau. Yep. Bureau. Um, or you've actually got a greater chance on choking on food. <laughs> so you've got a 1 in 2,535 chance choking on food. Yeah, right. So the reason why it's... I put those two little statistics there is that a lot of people have dogs as pets mm-hmm. and, and pretty much everyone eats food. Um, yep. Yep. So you've actually got a greater chance at having issues either having a dog as a pet or eating food than you do catching some sort of uh, deep vein thrombosis or blood clotting mm. with AstraZeneca. But who's to say it's linked to the vaccine, Sam? Mm. Yeah, um, well, that's right. And just going off this, 
which the media has really just worried about, oh, there's been 27 issues, mm. uh, blood clotting, and that's not great at all, whereas Pfizer's had nothing. Um, then all of a sudden people are like, oh, were you prepared to take this risk? But yeah. then you're looking at it compared to the 17 million that have been vaccinated. Well, you know, 0. 0.00021.7%. Yeah. That's pretty good. stuff all, man. That's yeah. pretty good. It seems pretty yeah. fair and reasonable. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, the likelihood of you developing heart disease or cancer is so much more higher. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. But, uh, I mean, what is deep vein thrombosis or DVT or pulmonary embolism? Let me just quickly go through them just mm. to enlighten the stoners, whether yes, you're yes, watching please. us or you're listening to us. Um, so, basically, sometimes blood clots can develop in a blood vessel, often in a leg. Um, due to the reduced circulation, so those that sit down a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so when these clots develop, the condition is named or known as deep vein thrombosis. If one of these blood clots breaks off and travels, they may become lodged in a blood vessel, blocking blood supply to an organ, which is not great. Mm -hmm. no. When this blockage occurs, it's called an embolism. So anything to do pulmonary, so the word pulmonary, that's related to the lungs. Right. So a pulmonary embolism occurs when a blood clot uh, blocks one of the arteries going from the heart to the lungs. Right. So okay. this is pretty serious and mm, potentially life-threatening because it can affect oxygen levels to the uh, to the lungs yep, and yep. cause lung damage. So, I mean, you know, mm, one wow. of the biggest ingredients we need in life is oxygen and, and to get them into those lungs in and out. Yep. Um so, yeah, that's pretty life-threatening and, and, and quite damaging. So the best way, they say, to avoid blood clotting um, and these related conditions is to maintain a healthy weight, uh, stay active, keep hydrated with water, which I'm just about to do now. Oh, yeah. Um, keep hydrated with water, um, mm. avoid smoking, and yeah. avoid sitting for long periods of time. So I'm just going to quickly get up and uh, Yeah, stand up. Stretch. Well, um. Actually, deep vein thrombosis, Terry, that's why they tell you on, on long uh, international plane trips to get up and walk around in, in the cabin because um, I think that's one of the most common places you can actually develop deep vein thrombosis because, you, you know, you sit down Absolutely. for like 10 hours. Yeah, so that's – and I think it's got something to do with the altitude as well, maybe. Yeah, because like, the oxygen levels too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's – you know, it's not it's not uncommon um, and it does happen and obviously, you know, there, there are reasons why it happens. So. Yeah, You've um, made a fantastic point there, Sam, actually, mm. especially on long-haul flights. If anyone's yeah. traveled for, uh, I guess, let's say between 10 and 20 hours on a plane, yeah. um, you will notice after you actually get off the plane, maybe even for the next 24 hours, you actually develop cankles because all the blood yeah. flow has gone to your feet. That's right. Um, yeah. Because you've been sitting in a standard position. You haven't been lying down unless you're one of those uh, mm. wealthy individuals that yeah. can afford a first or business class or yeah. premium class or whatever they or those classes are. Yeah. Um, because you can lie down and obviously the circulation just gets to circulate throughout mm. your body. Whereas when you're sitting down in like a chair position like we are yeah. now, the yeah. blood is going to go all to your feet. Yeah. So yeah, if that occurs for too long, then that's not great either. So yeah, if you're on a flight, go to the piss every now and then and yeah. uh, go a bit of a walk around. Don't look suspicious where you're looking like you're going to break into the cockpit or anything. That'd be, a, <laughs> that'd be one of those uh, rubbish delinquents out there. But um yeah, so, I mean, you can develop this even if you're, you know, active. But, I mean, you've got to yeah. go on long-haul flights, and a lot of us haven't been on a long-haul flight for a long time. Yeah, so, no, uh, no. yeah, no excuse there. Um, yeah. Sam, we've yes. gone through, I guess, why there was a halt on the vaccine and what yeah. is DVT and what is a pulmonary embolism and, you know, what is the clotting and how damaging it is. Is Now, the question we're all asking yeah. and the media's asking, 
is the AstraZeneca vaccine causing these issues? Mm, is it safe? Yeah, well, that, that, I think that's the main question you should really be asking here. Um, and again, the media don't really ask those questions. They just want to um, promote some scare tactics and um, assholes. Yeah, push the uh, the agendas that they want to, to be publicised. But yeah, um, according to a statement from AstraZeneca, uh, the rate of deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary uh, embolism um, across millions of people vaccinated is much lower um, than would be expected to occur naturally in a general population. So, you know, they're, they're standing by their product. Um, now, the AstraZeneca chief medical officer, Ann Taylor, said the nature of the pandemic has led to increased attention in individual cases um, and we're going beyond the standard practices for safety monitoring of licensed uh, medicines in reporting vaccine events to ensure public safety. So they're pretty much saying they're going to, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, you know, serious lengths to yeah. make sure that it's, it's extreme safe. Extreme lengths. Yeah, extreme lengths. And um, yeah, and they've said that they've done additional testing um, at the moment as well, um, but also independently by European health authorities, they're um, carrying out some uh, testing as well to see if it's the cause. Um, you know what the funny thing was, Sam, is that certain countries, you know, like Norway, Germany, yep. Um, Denmark, the Netherlands and Ireland, they all suspended the vaccine mm -hmm. when these issues arise, but yet throughout the whole ordeal, mm -hmm. the European Medical Association still maintained that it was safe. That's so you yeah, had right. the, I guess, the national health authorities saying in those countries saying, nah, let's, let's just stop it and do a bit more testing. But the European says that we continue to do testing, mm. um, batch testing and then even specific testing. Right. Uh, and they still maintained the opinion that it was safe. And then obviously... Um, I guess now it's it's rolled back out. Um, they've all uh, basically uh, resumed and revoked yeah. the uh, suspension of these vaccines and it's continuing to be um, administered. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, they maintain that same opinion throughout the whole deal that, yeah, it's pretty safe to do so. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's good that, I guess, Ann Taylor from Astra AstraZeneca, who the chief medical officer, so the CMO, yeah. mm -hmm. um, she said that, yeah, we're going beyond, we're going to extreme lengths to ensure public safety. Mm -hmm. um, but, of course, isn't it funny these days, Sam, that, you know, before when we were getting the flu shots, right, we didn't know what a brand or what brand yeah, of yeah. flu there was. But now we know there's a Pfizer vaccine for COVID. Exactly, we know yeah. that there's an Oxford um, yeah. uh, basically vaccine for, for COVID. Yeah, we also yeah. know there's a Johnson & Johnson one, which yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. the one jab only one. Um, yep. So, like, we yeah, know the brands and, and we know the ins and outs. Like, we're becoming really invested into the medical space, um, and, and you know what, rightly so. Not only should they be transparent with what they're doing yeah, and yeah, what yeah. they're giving us, but also um, it's good for us to know a little bit about what we're getting as well. It's good to see that we're a bit more health conscious with our lives and with our bodies because, uh, you know what, as a, a wise man once said, actually the wise man, I'm going to give him a shout out, Rocco D'Angelis um, from <laughs> Rocco's Pizza who was on a previous episode of ours. He always says, treat the body like a Ferrari. He goes, would you give your body – um, rubbish, you know, unleaded fuel. No, you wouldn't. You'd give it the premium unleaded. You'd <laughs> give it the uh, highest octane fuel possible. So you'd always give it the good fuel to operate, um, mm. to operate the, the mechanism, to operate the machine effectively. Yeah. Nah, so shout out to you, Rocco, and you make a mean sourdough pizza. <laughs> mm. Yeah, nah, swell on Terry. Well said. Um, uh, yeah, and of course, you know, media are going to focus on negative points anyway. So um, we should be doing a bit of research ourselves, and um, we've we've done that for the the listeners. And obviously, uh, we're just providing the facts and not an agenda. Um, exactly. 
Now, uh, obviously, that's, we're talking about Europe and what's going on in Europe with this uh, vaccine halt. But um, what about Australia? So Australian regulators um, have said that, uh, well, this is the Therapeutic Goods Administration, so TGA, have Ooh, said TGA. A, uh, a link between blood clots and the AstraZeneca vaccine has not been confirmed. Um, blood clots can occur naturally and are not uncommon, which is, is true. It's yep. not, um, you know, they're not making these things up. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Prime Minister Scomo or Scott Morrison. Um, Scotty. He, uh, he said the TGA do, does its own batch testing of the vaccines as well. Um, and it and it looks at data from overseas. So, you know, they're grabbing a lot of data um, and obviously making their own decisions. So, yeah, it's interesting because you think about the, even the flu, um, the flu shot, Terry, like how many people say that, oh, whenever I get the flu shot, I'll get, I end up getting sick or I end up getting this or whatever. Now, if that was the case, then why aren't they pulling that from the shelf as well then? If that's yeah, exactly. so bad. So, uh, I don't know, you know, you could get the flu jab and then coincidentally, I don't know, you go out and you go to, I don't know, you go to a bar or something and someone there's got a virus, you contract the virus and then you, you get it and then you think, oh, well, you just draw the line because you had the, you know, that, that injection. Well, yeah. no, you, you went out and you caught a virus. Like, it's not going to, it's not going to change it. So, 100% spot on, Sam. Um, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. So, why did we never overact to the flu shot? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's ridiculous. It's a bit of a you know a question mark there. So obviously it's getting a lot of media attention, and and uh, coronavirus is a lot bigger than you know a bigger issue than the flu, as they wanna yeah. they wanna tell us. I don't know whether whether it is or not. Maybe flick to uh, some of our previous episodes on on coronavirus. Um, but yeah, um, Terry, do we have any expert opinions? I'm sure we've got some experts throwing uh, some you know throwing some facts to us as well. Yeah, we do. Um, mm. Well, you know, given that you said. Well, you've uh, basically enlightened us what the Australian regulators have said, um, yep. especially the TGA and even ScoMo, um, Scott Morrison, which is he's an absolute lad of a prime minister. <laughs> I, I don't get into the politics space, but when you've got a leader of a country who can just do what the standard man does and goes mm. to the footy and drinks a beer, good on yeah, you. Yeah. Good on yeah. you. Um, so we thought we got it. We've obviously heard from AstraZeneca themselves. We've obviously heard from the countries that have rolled them out, um, yep. whether it's the European Medical Association or the TGA in Australia. Uh, but now let's get an independent expert, shall we? Because we yeah, want some please. unbiased information here um, because that's what we do at the Turning Stones. We look at both sides. We do mm. form an opinion, but of course, we try and give you the most unbiased facts possible and readily available out there. Um, and of course, those from the alternate media as well, because the standard media always tries to portray a certain narrative that suits yes. their particular position. So right. what about an independent expert? Well, I've picked Professor Gerald Fitzgerald, mm. uh, or Gerard Fitzgerald, should I say. He's from the Queensland University of Technology. Um, so he said that countries that suspended the AstraZeneca vaccine rolled out, um, he actually, they actually acted in with extreme caution, which is not a bad thing to do. So basically, you know, those countries that, uh, I guess, suspended the vaccine, they thought they were extra cautious. That's like, let's just do some extra tests before we uh, resume uh, the vaccine rollout again, um, because obviously some of these issues are concerning the public. And yep, let's just yep. inject a bit more, well, no pun intended, let's just inject a bit more confidence <laughs> into the public. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said that it's very important to remember blood clots are extremely common, as uh, what the yeah. TGA just said, yep. and were so before the vaccines even existed. So it's not like uh, deep vein thrombosis has just become a new uh, no. illness that's occurred or blood mm. clotting that's occurred or pulmonary embolism that's just started happening because of these vaccines. No. Yeah. They've been fairly common 
and they existed before the vaccines rolled out. Um, and he even said in quotes, for example, the CDC or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the US reports 60 to 100,000 deaths per year from lung blood clots. And this obviously data has occurred before mm. COVID-19 pandemic has even started. Um, so once again, uh, quoting uh, Gerald Fitzgerald, Professor Gerald Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. uh, these are more common again in the elderly and those with chronic disease who are actually the target of the early vaccination programs. There you go. So yep, we yep. need to keep this risk in perspective. So just to put it into simpler terms, guys, um, those that are more susceptible or likely to get deep vein thrombosis or blood clotting mm -hmm. occurs with the elderly, not being ageist or anything, but the elderly yeah. are more susceptible to getting DVT and, and blood clotting. And guess what? Who are the first mm. to be getting the vaccines worldwide? Well, guess what? It's the elderly. So if you actually uh, put two and two together, there's actually yep. a strong correlation saying, hey, maybe it's not the vaccines, maybe because the elderly are the ones getting the vaccines first exactly, and they're the ones yeah. most likely to get DVT and blood clotting. Mm. Maybe that's the reason why um, certain issues have occurred. And really, looking back at the numbers before, Sam, 20, yeah, yeah. Well, 37 cases in 17 million doses. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Bloody it's hell. not higher than that, to be honest. Like, now, yeah. now looking at that, like, um, I, honestly, I didn't, you know, I sort of, sort of found out about this like everyone did, everyone else did, with the media just saying, you know, headlines basically, um, AstraZeneca virus, uh, sorry, AstraZeneca um, vaccine <coughs> causing blood clots. It's been pulled from the shelves and pulled from, you know, um, Europe and stuff. But that's all I knew about it because that's all they were sort of telling you. Yeah. Until you A actually bit of clickbait there, absolutely yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and until you actually look into it, I mean, hey, I, I, when I first saw it, don't get me wrong, I was like, oh my god, like this is ridiculous. Like obviously they, they've rushed in this um, vaccine, they haven't done enough testing, this and that. All these things go through your head, and of course, you know, the media is going to want to push that um, to get people, you know, revved up. People sharing it on social media, um, you know, protesting at bloody Parliament House probably these days. That's all they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Gluing uh, um, themselves to the street and building. <laughs> yeah, absolutely morons. Yeah. Oh, unless you could glue a head in, uh, glue a brain inside the head, it'd be great. Um, but yeah, it's just pretty, uh, pretty poor on on the media's behalf. And you know, Terry, question for you, maybe, um, maybe the media has a bit of a hidden agenda that oh, I don't know. Maybe they're tied in with Pfizer. Maybe they want to yeah, push maybe. Pfizer. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know what you know. Media. Um, Com uh, corporations are associated with uh, pharmaceuticals, but I don't know. Maybe they're getting some money on the table, and you know, Pfizer are saying, "Hey, can we just uh, really, you know, push the uh, the agenda here and just say that you know this AstraZeneca vaccine is is no good and causing issues, so we can pump our sales up?" So uh, yeah, I don't know. that's a good point, there, Sam. Um, mm. <laughs> so yeah, basically, they could, or well, Pfizer could be paying a few brown paper bags under the yeah. table to some of mm. these media outlets and uh, rubbishing the Austra <clears throat> AstraZeneca, so they can. Yeah. Yeah. push the Pfizer a bit more. And it's potentially the same thing with Coke and Pepsi, um, yep. you know, yeah, how exactly. people get endorsed to promote one over the other or exactly, sometimes yeah. someone say, oh, don't drink this uh, um, Coca-Cola batch from, you know, February 2021 yeah. because there was uh, a mouse found in the tanks, yeah, dead yeah. mouse, so yeah, we have to pull them all off the yeah, shelves. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. who's to say that's true or not? Um, we don't know. And, and the yeah. same thing that goes with these uh, vaccines. Mm. We've obviously got uh, a spokesman, um, 
well, spokeswoman, should I say, Ann Taylor from AstraZeneca, the, the chief medical officer. We've heard what the Australian rega- regulators have said. We've heard what Europe have said who have suspended it because the US and Australia did not suspend it during this ordeal. Um, so just want to put that out there. We've heard so what Australia, Europe have said. We've even heard what an independent professor has even said about it as exactly. well. So yeah, yeah. it's it, all signs are pointing to that it's safe um, yeah. and it seems like it's relatively effective and the likelihood even if these statistics might not even be true, Sam, mm. which, you know, because the elderly are susceptible to getting DVT yeah, and blood clotting, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. to say that they're even from the vaccine anyway? We yeah, still cannot exactly. even establish a link. Yeah. And even if there is a link, Sam, mm. 37 and 17 million people, it's yeah. still relatively low. Exactly. And I think that's a risk that the world's willing to take at this point. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So even let's just look at it from the worst um, worst perspective. Mm-hmm. Um it's 37 in Still, 17 yeah. million people. Yeah. I'd, if I'm the leader of a country, yeah. Yeah. Um, those, 30, those 37 people haven't died, by the way. No, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's a risk I'm willing to take to, yeah. to get um, the world back into some sort of normality. Mm. So, yeah. Well, and also, Sarah, I, I, like, I don't think uh, we should, well, I, personally, I'm not saying that the these vaccines are completely safe, especially long term. I, I don't know, because I still think there could be, um, you know, maybe some issues in, in the long run with, with this exactly. stuff that hasn't been tested. You know, don't, uh, don't, you know, take us the wrong way. We're not promoting these uh, vaccines saying they're completely safe, because I've got no, um, well, I might have some faith in them, but I don't know. How do I know in 10, 20 years after taking this for a long period of time that I'm not going to develop, um, you know, some kind of uh, disease or not disease or I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe a bit of uh, dementia or something like that. You don't know. Maybe maybe you could be growing like a third nipple or something, (laughs) something really weird like that. That's right. You don't know. So um, it's just interesting how they've developed this pretty quickly. I mean, it's been, what, say, you know, 12, just over 12 months or maybe a bit longer um, since this COVID situation uh, escalated. And all of a sudden, they've got this, oh, not just one vaccine, they've got all these vaccines ready to um, pump to the market. So you look at things like cancer and that, well, how come you haven't got, you know, something to cure um, certain types of cancer rather than, you know, people dying um, every year and every day of cancer? So, and that's been around for, you know, hundreds of years. Um, so I just don't understand how they can sort of uh, push this in within a year and not really have a lot of testing behind it. But uh, that being said, at the moment, we can't see anything uh, sort of wrong with it. So what can we do? Exactly. And you know what, Sam? You, you, you may have made a, a bit of an error before in, in your wording, um, oh. but you did correct yourself, right? You said the AstraZeneca virus. <laughs> uh, sorry, I mean the AstraZeneca <laughs> yes, vaccine. I did, yeah. Was that like a bit of a subtle message there for the stoners? Are you, yeah. uh, you, you throwing a bit of a conspiracy <laughs> out there? <laughs> yeah, maybe they can uh, tra- translate that themselves if it was or not, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not going to be sued by uh, AstraZeneca for, for uh, you know, making false claims. Yeah, well, no. I mean, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion, and we've yeah, gone yeah. through the facts um, yeah. as unbiased as we could, yeah. um, calling it down the middle. And I think, you know, after today's episode, I think everyone's a little bit more confident with the AstraZeneca vaccine. And you know what? If I had to get one tomorrow, you know what? I don't give a shit what you give me. Just whatever. (laughs) Pfizer, AstraZeneca, anything that's been approved by the TGA in Australia. If it's good enough for ScoMo, guess what? It's bloody good enough for me. And you know what? Just to inject a bit more confidence in Europe, um, Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister, uh, on the 19th of March, um, just only a few days removed from that, uh, he actually just said to the country, he said to not only, I guess, his citizens there, but also to the rest of the world, hey, you know what? 
I believe in the AstraZeneca. I don't think I think it was an overreaction from the media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the countries that you know suspended the rollout. Mm-hmm. How about I get a jab, rolled his sleeve up, yeah, popped bang. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably Battle. dies tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nah. um, guess, yeah, you know what? That's, that's a that's show, a really yeah. good thing from a public figure to do yeah. something like that. Um, so you know, what better way to do it? Um, and to obviously make your country and even the world a bit more confident than just yeah. you know, take one for the team and and get it and just obviously reaffirm that it's. Uh, safe and i guess even if it's not effective there still aren't any cons or negative aspects to it exactly yeah um very true and one more question for you terry that's the last question i got so obviously we've got a lot of these skeptics that don't want to take the um the vaccine i don't have a problem with that like if people don't want to take it they don't want to take it that's up to them I, i think people should be entitled to their um own you know choice to take it or not but Obviously, the government wants to sort of push, you know, taking the um, vaccine because we don't want to uh, have another repeat of this COVID-19 situation where it just shuts down economies and, you know, wrecks everything. Um, how how are we going to get people to change their opinion or how are we going to sort of give them an incentive to um, to take the, the vaccine in Australia, say? Or do we have to give them a carton of beer for going and get the jab or what, what do you reckon? Well, I think two things. We've already done the first one. We've enlightened the stoners out there to, yeah, to have yeah. a bit more extra confidence in, yeah, yeah. in this particular vaccine, AstraZeneca. So if you get it now, I mm. think after this episode that people have either listened or watched, right, they're probably more, they know more about the AstraZeneca than they do with the Pfizer. Mm, so right true. now, just in this space, I know more about AstraZeneca than I do Pfizer. So yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. wouldn't mind getting the AstraZeneca, even though it's had bad publicity. But now it's, yeah. you know, every country's still using it again. Australia's making their own uh, yeah. version of the AstraZeneca, which is the exact same, but we're just making it here locally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so support your local. Um, and so, yeah, I know a lot more about it. And obviously, there's only been 37 in 17 million mm. issues, and it's pretty much common along the elderly. And those are the getting it right now are the elderly. Yeah. So how can I, um, how can we, I guess, push it to the public to have more confidence and get the jabs. Well, first and foremost, listen to Turning Stones podcast. That's, uh, that's a number one. Yep. And number two, I actually think, especially with the males, if you get some hot nurses that are administering the uh, jabs, you definitely want to swing past and have a bit of a look. Of course, um, no touching and, and no verbal or physical harassment, please. But uh, there's a bit of banter there when you get yeah. the jab. Um, so that, that could be one way. And then also, I think the other way as well is just to maintain the safety of the country. Is I think, you know, it's not going to force us to do it because you don't. You have a choice to go overseas or not. But I yeah. think if you're going overseas, maybe not going, but coming yeah. back, um, yeah. you either have the option to do two weeks quarantine or right. you can come back into the country and live normally um, if you've had the vaccine. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So point. you, well, you might have the option still to travel, but it'd yeah, be yeah. like, oh, we'll come back into Australia, even if you're a citizen or not. Yeah. Uh, have you had the jab? Um, no. No, yeah. Well, guess what? Two weeks quarantine. Yeah. Have you had the jab? Well, yes. Well, you know what? We're gonna. We just want you to have a test seventy-two hours before your flight. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Test and come back in. You've had the vaccine. Go back, live a normal life. Yeah. I so like I that. think that's. Yeah. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Mm. Um. So once borders open up here back in Australia, I still think it's going to be a two-week quarantine unless you've had vaccinations yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. a negative test, whether it's just as you land, um, or just before you come here. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good idea anyway because you can't really 
restrict people from traveling overseas if they haven't had a, a vaccine that's probably a bit of a breach of human rights really anyway so yeah um, yeah no that's a good idea terry I, honestly, so there's that's... probably going to be a bit of incentive there too mm. if you got the vaccine um yeah. I'm, i think i still think you can live normal life and do the normal things it's just yeah, that yeah. might get a bit of a uh i guess a streamlined approach in doing things if you had yeah. the vaccine um yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it'd be interesting but yeah look after this, Sam, um, I'm not sure about you, but I'll ask you just after this comment here that mm -hmm. I've got a bit more confidence in this particular vaccine in itself. And also now I've sort of uh, brushed away any doubts I've had over this um, yeah, and what yeah. the media have speculated after going through the facts, going through what AstraZeneca have said, what the governments have said, and even what an independent expert have said. Yeah. Um, of course, we don't know what the long-term effects are, if any, um, yeah. or even if it lo lasts long-term. Yeah, because it exactly. could be one of those things you need yearly or for a yep. top-up. So if it doesn't last long term, it's probably good because yeah. uh, there's not going to be any long term effects. Yeah, um, true, true. Sam, thoughts overall, just to finish up. Yeah, um, a bit like you, Terry. Yeah, I definitely think uh, I've got a bit more confidence in the AstraZeneca um, vaccine. And like, yeah, like I said, I just did not have um, much idea of what the issue was, and and you know if this vaccine was actually directly linked to these issues that were um, being sort of yeah pushed uh through the media so yeah i, I think it's it's fine i mean I, i'd i'd jab you know i'd take the jab if i had to at the moment i'm not in a rush whatever but hey i mean if like you said if you're going to go overseas say probably next year now but if you're going to go overseas um and have to quarantine for 14 days or get the jab well i'll probably take the jab because i'm not going to waste two weeks of annual leave um to sit at home and uh do nothing and yeah i think we've had enough lockdowns and things like that so yeah I, i'm uh, i'm pretty confident in it, in it now but yeah long-term effects question mark still we'll have to cover that maybe in a, a few years terry yeah spot on sam um really appreciate you joining me today again as no always worries. um but of course you're on the uh turning steins podcast studio how's yeah. the studio going i haven't been there for ages yeah, and obviously we're trying to keep our social distance just yeah. for the optics of the public and society just so we're doing the right thing yeah, um, how's it going down there? Aircon's a bit uh, shocking today. It's a bit warm in here, but yeah, we'll have to get the maintenance guys out. Um, That's right. But yeah, That's these right. these lights just running twenty four seven in the background. So this electricity bill, tell you what, we're gonna have yeah, to get solar. I actually heard that one of the maintenance guys came a few weeks ago. Um, one of the electrician guys, uh, and he broke the bloody French press. <laughs> what a dickhead! Oh, geez, I was filthy. Yeah, he did. He did, and we haven't got a replacement since. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty filthy with that. He didn't charge us though, so I guess no. it was sort of like, yeah, um, yeah, break it, and then yeah, we're not paying your invoice either, mate. Mm, true. Nah, well, I, I was filthy with that, but that's right. We'll go out and buy one. Hundred percent, guys. Very, thank, thank you very you. much. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Turnstones Pod. Make sure you yep. subscribe to us on YouTube. Just type in Turning Stones Podcast. Mm, and probably. also hit us up. Give us a bit of a DM. If you want a Turning Stones mug, honestly, yeah. it's one, probably one of the best things you ever get, um, <laughs> especially in today's day and age. It's yep. it's the year of investing. Why not mm. invest yourself with some quality uh, mug wear? Um, yep. It's probably the best thing you can actually drink your coffee out of. Um, Easter honestly, coming get up too. Advice. Easter gift. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Why not actually? Yeah. Guys, how about this? If you buy a Turning Stones mug from us between now and Easter, not only will we give it to you, you know, pretty post-haste, but we'll also throw in some Easter eggs in there as well. How about that? Done. Yep. All right. All right. Hit us up. DM Turning Stones mug. They're the best things you actually buy this year. Um, they do the job. Fuck yeah. <laughs>